You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, this is Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Indians podcast. I did a crossover with Sully of the Locked On MLB podcast. Uh, so a little bit different formatting in the way he runs it versus the way I run it. Fun talk, good talk. Without further ado, here is that crossover episode interview all about the Indians. Amazing selection and reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB. And hello, Indians fans. Welcome to Locked on Indians. That's right. Today, we are doing a crossover between the podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball and the podcast where they only talk about the 1948 World Series champion, Cleveland Indians. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, and riding shotgun with me today is the host of Locked on Indians, Jeff Ellis. Say hello to the nice people, Jeff. Hey, you know what? We we talk about fifty four as well. Come on, they if you you adjust for a uh, one hundred sixty two game season, they still have the I think the best winning percentage in Major League uh, Baseball history. Gotta, they may not have won it all, but you know, still got to oh. take wins where you can get them when you're a Cleveland fan. Look at that! That is finding the glass half full when there's only a tiny bit of liquid at the bottom. This show is available on the free and easy to use Odyssey app, and. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On MLB, Locked On Indians, or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. You can follow Locked On MLB at Locked On MLB Pods on both Twitter and Instagram. Hey, what's your show's Twitter handle? Uh, my best way to find out about my show is just through mine, at uh, Jeff MLB Draft. We're still working with the uh, getting the Locked On Indians Twitter to be um, more useful uh, at this point in time. Wow. That, that, now, that was a plug. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm a Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, yeah, I bringing our good friend Jeff on to talk a little bit about the Indians and how they're faring here in 2021. And some thoughts of the team. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this on Monday evening and it is before the Angels and the Indians uh, play. So we don't know how that turned out. If we knew in advance, we would go right to bet online and put all of our money down because we would know things that happened in the future. But let's talk about this a little bit, because as we're recording this right now, just for full disclosure as well, the White Sox are making mincemeat out of the Minnesota Twins. You know, the Minnesota Twins, the two-time defending American League Central champions who forgot to show up this year. So you have the Indians are in a division where the Royals were in first place for all of April and then forgot how to play baseball in May. And the White Sox are running away, even though the late Tony La Russa is managing the team and they have several injuries. What is going on with Cleveland, who right now have a winning record, have very, very good pitching, have a pretty porous offense, and a real possibility to win this division? Well, before we go into that one, I just want to throw out, uh, if you, I know we're not live or anything, so no one can see, but 
just as a fun point in that uh, White Sox game, we have Nick Madrigal, a triple away from the cycle. Uh, that's oh, wow. how much that game has gotten away when Nick Madrigal hits a home run. You know your pitching is bad. Uh, the Indians, yeah. I think it's a, if you had told me that this team would be second in their division, you know, 553 winning percentage, and then told me exactly what this roster was hitting and what they were doing offensively, I would have mm-hmm. been sign me up and take it. They're in a weird position where you're like Zach My- uh, Maisel, Maisel, probably Butchinger's name, who works, writes for the Athletic for the Indians, had a great point in an article today. Uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, this was his, and I'm stealing it from him. Uh, where, like, who has exceeded expectations with the Indians this year? And it's like, there's James Karinchak. That's maybe the list. You know, it's, it's a team that across the board is underachieving. Uh, Eddie Rosario, the big free agent addition, has been kind of a disaster uh, in the early going. Cesar yeah. Hernandez is starting to figure it out. Uh, for all of his struggles last month, he has been, you know, do we still use in Fuego? Is that something? Uh, or is that more of my like early 2000 showing, but he has been as hot as can be and after that, just inconsistencies. You look at for all the comments and the negativities, like Francisco Lindor started out rough. He's playing better. Both the guys, the Indians got in that deal are struggling with Rosario and Jimenez. And I mean, we're sitting there looking at Jake Bowers and talking about, well, it's nice that he's shown some signs of life. And by signs of life, he is now up to, like, this is what Indians fans are talking themselves into. He's hitting 191 with a 276 on base and a 279 slugging. That's, like I said, that is the overall line. And yes, over the last month, it is slightly improved. But that is where Indians fans are talking themselves into that performance. That well, is has, how bad it is. Yeah, he has fewer home runs than Ahmed Rosario. Jake Bowers, your yeah. first baseman has fewer. I mean, he, he, I mean, if you look at Jake Bowers slash line and run production, that would be fine for Trevor Bauer, but for Jake Bauer, a first baseman of a supposed contender, I mean, the, the lineup is grotesque, quite frankly. I don't mean to, to, to throw, uh, throw any sand on you. And I really think, and, and, if you look at, please tell me how you pronounce Savali. Is it Savali? Shivali? How do you pronounce his name? Savali. I got in Savali. trouble for that Thank a few you. times. Uh, pronunciation Savali, is not my skill. Yeah, Savali, Plesak, Bieber have all done well, but they've also had some bad games. Tristan McKenzie's had some good games and some grotesque games. Their bullpens, their bullpen has been unbelievable. They can't let up once they get the lead. You know, I mean, up and down, you got guys whose ERAs are in the ones or the zeros in their bullpen. And and that's basically what's keeping this team afloat because they, right. they're not getting the dominant starting pitch. They're getting good starting pitching. And Plesak, to his credit, has had a couple of really, really great games. But it's really the pen that's tie- that is being the, the rug from the Big Lebowski. It's, it's tying this room together. Let's give a little bit of credit where credit's due that they they got something in the, from Cal Quantrill that he is starting to develop in the, in the pen as well. When they picked him up midway through last year, wasn't quite 100% sure what that trade was all about. And then here he's coming in and he's being an effective piece in their bullpen. Yeah, it's, you know, the sometimes it gets forgotten. It's like Emmanuel Classe. That was the return for Kluber. Now, he didn't pitch last year because of the, I believe he got busted for a steroid. But, I mean, they got something for mm-hmm. Kluber, who was clearly done. Uh, and with that pen, 
you know, I don't know, like I've talked, I've joked on the show. It's like Brian Shaw hasn't found the fountain of youth because even in his youth, he was never this good. I don't know exactly what has occurred with Shaw. I don't know how sustainable it is, but you know, Nick Whitgren had a rough start and then kind of bounced back. And he's like, he is the classic, like you look at the advanced stats, you go to baseball savant and don't know exactly how he's able to fool hitters, but he has a long history of success there. You know, right. As you said, Quantrell, they called up Nick Sandlin, who had a rough game the other day, but he was a second round pick they thought highly of. You got another kid, Robert Broom, I'm really high on, who is, you know, it could be a, a Joe Smith type of uh, side, real sidearm guy. They've, they've got, in, for a team for the longest time I used to talk about on the show, they struggled to develop relievers. It's like you talk about the five greatest relievers in team history. And David Risky was up there who was an okay arm, but wasn't anything big. I mean, this is a team that spent the second overall pick in the draft on Paul Shuey out of uh, UNC when he was a reliever. They tried. They spent high picks on Fernando Cabrera was in their top 10. And he was a guy who failed to be the closer at one point in time in the nineties for them. They could not develop, you know, Cody Allen is the greatest reliever that they have drafted and developed bar none. That's just drafted international signing. It's him. And it's Rafi, Rafi lefty, Rafi Perez. So it's unusual. Like Karen Chalk was a ninth round pick who they gave, you know, normally that's a senior sign thing and they gave him full freight, gave him the full slot there and that's worked out and Quantrell through trade. And yeah, we'll see. It's the pen is definitely what's kept them alive because McKenzie has been really inconsistent and Sam Henches has been Last great start was great. We'll see. But with the struggles with the lineup, it's like you can really only circle the, you know, the relievers. I guess Brian Shaw is the other player you look at along with Karen Chalk. It's like those guys have outperformed expectations, but uh, the rest of the team is just underperformed, but they're still 21 and 17 somehow. I mean, it's a testament to my favorite manager of all time, Mr. Francona. And, but also just that the, the front office lost, uh, a two-time Cy Young Award winner and the, the Reds' only Cy Young Award winner, you know, in terms of Bauer and Kluber. And they wound up getting stuff back from him, for both of them, and still have pitching as their top strength. And you look up and down their rotation, Bieber's 26, Chiavalli's 26, Plesak's 26, McKenzie's 23. Plesak's I mean, the old man. He's, yeah. he's by chronological age, the old man of that group. That's unbelievable. And that they, they've been able to adjust having, you know, this exodus of players from the team that was, you know, one swing away from winning the World Series in 16 and a better team the next year in 17 um, that they've kind of dusted themselves off. And look at, I mean, we'll, we'll get into one of the other segments that uh, what I think about why I would be positive about Cleveland's chances. But when you have a solid pen and you have pitching depth, that seems to be the name of the game when you're getting into the October uh, playoff situation, because you need a plethora of arms the way that they have the playoffs set up right now. And quite frankly, uh, this is a get your ticket punch and take your chances kind of team. And if they can keep this up with a bullpen throughout the rest of the year, this is not a team I would want to face if I were another American League team. And that's, I think that's what it comes down to, too. It's like that pen is just going to shorten games. And the lesson from 2016 was essentially that. Like they 
that was the team. And I'm sure listeners of my podcast are tired of hearing me talk about it. It's like, that's a team that had no business going to the World Series. Three quarters of their rotation got hurt. Three quarters, three fifths, I should yeah. say. I can do math, I swear. Yeah. Three, yeah, And they just relied on that pen to the point where final year of Cody Allen and Andrew Miller's contracts, they just fell apart. I, it, it was kind of, they leaned on those two so much that going and trading for Brad Hand, they know that you can let shorten a game. And like I said, it's they have those pitchers we already talked about how good the pen is. I, you know, I mentioned there's there's Broom, there's other players uh, pitching wise. Eli Morgan might have the best changeup in the entire organization, but he can. Going back to college, it never walks anyone. And he's got that big change, and they got Scott Moss, who's kind of the forgotten guy in that Bauer deal, along with uh, Victor Nova is the really the forgotten guy. But Moss is there. They still have more arms and depth, and I think that's they're just going to keep throwing their waves. I mean, they had two of their top pitch, two guys on the forty man just had Tommy John surgery. And that doesn't affect their depth situation for this year. As I mean, neither of them were, or I'm sorry, one guy was on the 40 man. The other was a top 10 prospect, but still they, uh, they can have that situation. It's like, yeah, well, they've still got their next wave and then their next wave. And they're just trying to set those waves up one after another. I mean, you know what that's like, that's like you're, you're selling high on a lot of those people and you're buying low on some of these other names. And that's basically they've made an investment in their farm system. And I got to be the first one to tell you, investing can be complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com MLB and get started today. So, Jeff, so Jeff. Jeff, what do you drive? I drive a Ford Fusion. Oh, man, you, that's a power car. Now, I bet you need to go tinker with it from time to time to make sure that it continues getting that big power you expect from a Ford Fusion, right? You, know, you got to make sure you keep it up and have all of uh, your parts pieces in pristine condition. Just earlier this year, I had to get like all the plugs on that thing replaced. Oh, you get the plugs. Do you know where you should go for plugs? Uh, you know, I, I went to a local place and they ended up giving me a good deal, but I also went to rock auto to make sure that I was getting that good deal. You know, when you go to rock auto, I always tell my listeners when you shop there, make sure that you tell them about us locked on. I tell them, you can say locked on MLB. You can say locked on Indians. You can just say locked on that lets them know. But even if you're not shopping there it is such a great tool, such a great resource for, uh, any of my listeners to know that you are getting the good deal when you go to a place locally. And if you're not, and you have that skill and you have that ability, you want to go to rock auto. Cause they're the price was better on rock auto. I just didn't have the skill to replace it. But if you have that skill, you want to go to that site. Go to rockauto.com right now. You see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Locked on Indians. Mr. Jeff House, how you doing, buddy? We're still talking Indians here. Uh, I want to bring something up here on this glorious crossover. Before Pujol signed with Los Angeles over the weekend, I had done a locked on MLB where I said after after he was DFA'd, I dropped the Indians name with Pujols because I said, what do you have to lose? What if you get a ticked off, feeling disrespected, wanting to prove himself all over again, Albert Pujols, who gives you not 10 years, you're not going to get 10 years, but gives you like two months of good production at first base. I said, how would that be worse than what Jake Bowers is giving you? Now, as it turns out, he wound up going to Los Angeles, but the Indians need bats big time. And is there any hope for someone to turn this around or should they just be looking to pick the meat off the bones of potential free agents who some teams are just going to want to dump? When I look at this team, my whole pitch, a, at some point, I, I feel like Eddie Rosario is going to come around. He's been such a consistent player. I could be wrong, but I think he's going to come around. Uh, you know, you have your central pieces in place. We'll see how they go. Josh Naylor has shown some signs of life, and he's still a, you know, he's only 23 years of age. He's not like, I think we forget because he's been around for a bit of time because he moved so quickly through the minors that he's still a pretty young player. But my whole pitch for this entire year is going to be the pitch that it was at the beginning of the season where, my bold take when we had to do the bold take videos was this offense was going to be better this year than last year, even though they traded Francisco Lindor. Part of it was that addition of Eddie Rosario. And then part of it was this idea that they finally have prospects who are going to help them. I'm hoping we see Daniel Johnson get a real shot. He was up for two games and he went 0 for 10 with five strikeouts. It was not prettier. It might've been 0 for 12. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do prospects. Uh, Dan whose name I would butcher. I'm just going to say Dan S over at Fangraphs, uh, who does a lot of Zaborski. Dan Zaborski, uh, who's friend of the podcast. He's, oh, been, on he? the, yeah, he's been on the podcast he's, before. Uh, he's a great dude for my online interactions with him. Uh, yeah. That's all I can say. I've always thought he's, and I really uh, respect him for what he does. In Zips, you go over to Zips, the number six prospect at the start of the year was Nolan Jones, higher than everyone else. But I've always said, like, I don't think Nolan Jones is ever going to hit lefties. I don't think he's ever going to hit more than 260, but he is legitimately like 40 home run power with like 15 to 20% walk. That's really high. 20% is high. That's ridiculous. The 12 to 15% walk rate. Like he's going to be a three outcomes guy, but it's Adam Dunlight. Is that, am I being too, too much here? But I, you know, there's a reason why Dan had him sixth, like sixth is a, this is ahead of Sixto Sanchez. This is ahead of uh, Adlai Rushman, Nate, uh, Pearson, there's some statistical high of Jared uh, Kelnick. So there's some statistical reasons to be high. Now Jones has really struggled so far in AAA, but at some point I think we'll see him. And I, I, I believe I'm a, I've been a believer of Jones for a while. And then the other guy who was most people had Ty Freeman or George Valera, number two in system. While he was not two in system, uh, there was Cody Morris, who's maybe my favorite sleeper in system, and Gabriel Arias, who they got from the Padres, ranked higher. Owen Miller is the guy that Indians fans are clamoring for. And part of it is because so far in 47 plate appearances, he's hitting 477 in AAA, uh, which is the smallest of sample sizes, let's be honest. Yeah. But, uh, the, you know, 
he's that guy where he was a third round pick out of uh, a directional Illinois. I can't think which one right now, but Illinois state, Illinois state, Illinois not state, directional, yeah. just Illinois state. One of the last runs, but you go through, he was, he's hit. He's just that guy who's always hit. He's always been highly productive was arguably their most impressive hitter throughout the spring. Now I'm the first person who argues spring training has low value in terms of valuation, but he just, he hits and he hits and he hits uh, and he can play multiple positions. And I was going about to say that. Yeah. He could have that Tony Phillips quality yes. that, he, that, that, you know, if someone's slumping, especially the way they have benches designed these days where there's so many damn pitchers in the staff, you can't have a lumbering, you know, Don Baylor or Adam Dunn on the bench who, who, you know, could come off the bench and blast a homer because there's only three or four bench spots. You have to have somebody who could play two or three different positions. I'm taking a look at, was he involved in the, he was, he was. did he come over in the trade from, uh, which trade was he in? The that was Brad the Clevenger trade. He was, oh, you know, he was one of the six pieces. It's like for as much as the whole thing with Clevenger. Like I got to see him break out. I was at double A when double A was like this. It was, I, I remember going there and be like, oh man, this is a terrible squad. And then I'm like, okay, this Clevenger kid looks interesting. And this Yandy Diaz dude looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I couldn't call him a kid because his forearm was bigger in my head. Even then like I said, I, my favorite thing about Yandy to this day is it, like, if I wanted to do an interview, Yandy didn't speak any English, but he would always find the interpreter for you. He was always more than willing. And to me, that was something that always stood out. That was really cool about Yandy Diaz. Just side note. I'm always going to be a fan and sad they traded him. You know, Clevenger, we just saw him evolve in front of us. And I remember talking to him and he, he would talk about like, the Angels gave me binders. The Indians redid my mechanics and videos and made it relatable. So he was this great story, but he just, the health had always been a concern. So they make that trade. Uh, and then of course it gets hurt again, but it's like Naylor, Quantrell, Miller, Gabriel Arias, who I mentioned briefly there, who's also playing quite well in AAA after having skipped double A. And he uh, was involved in one of the trades, right? No, he, he, this is all Clevenger. All these pieces, he, okay, okay. All so they, these, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I got I got mixed up because they, no. they they made a bunch of trades with they around did. there. So yeah, with the Padres, but yeah, no, yeah. all three, all four of those guys. Plus, they got Hedges, who's now their starting catcher. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm forgetting they got six pieces for Clevenger. For as much as people like, I don't necessarily love the Lindor trade. I've been on Front Street and about that one. There's some things with that one that don't make it my favorite. But the Clevenger deal they got roasted for. And I'm like, they got six really interesting pieces uh, in that one trade. So uh, Miller's another one. I mean, they could, you're like I said, Quant, you mentioned Quantrell on the show. I've mentioned Naylor. They could have Miller and Arias helping them this year. Uh, Joey have- Cantillo is the other guy who's a, a big lefty who's like exactly to their, if you look at the guys, the Indians have had success molding and growing and finding more of, it's, it's Cantillo. Yeah. They could get three or four legitimate major leaguers in exchange for Mike Clevenger, who a fine pitcher. I'm not I'm not belittling him, but that's that's quite a haul and 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 speaks a lot to speaks a lot to the Indians. You know, I was just taking a peek at some of the people who are going to be um, available in free agency, either through opt outs or their their contract running out as and Carlos Correa and Trevor Story. Um, and you have, uh, you know, some of the, some other big names are in there. Uh, Freeman, did Freeman resign? I can't remember. I don't feel like he has, maybe I'm, but wrong. you know, the no, Cubs, he's not. you know, I know the Cubs broke the hearts of Indians fans, but good hitters who are going to be free agents who they're probably wanting to unload and probably not at a gigantic price. 
to rent Bryant, to rent Rizzo, to rent some. I believe Baez is going to resign. I think they're going to. I believe he, some. They got to keep someone in the, in on the team, and I think Baez is going to be the one they're going to resign. But what if someone like Rizzo became available that you could see, or or Bryant? I mean. I, I think Brian is a is an absolute perfect fit for the Mets, but that's a different podcast. Would that be something that the Indians would be willing to do? I think so, because uh, the one thing that that has changed the game for a team like the Cubs is they changed the value of draft picks you're getting back. So, you know, a few years ago, if they lost Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo, they would have likely gotten three first round picks. Now, I think they would only get a third round pick. So that limits how much you can get in a Brian trade. Like that's part of the the calculus of figuring out these deals where teams like, okay, I'd rather have a first round pick than what you're offering me. I'll hold on to him. But if you're the Cubs, unless a ton of buyers come along for the rental and we've seen rental prices get lower and lower. I mean, just, I think back to the JD Martinez deal where the Tigers now everyone agreed that was a terrible deal, but the Tigers didn't get maybe, I'm not sure either prospect they got was really considered a top 10 prospect. Uh, in the Indians, this is, Another one of those things, like uh, if you're going to make a drinking game about my show, it'd be the Rule 5 draft. Because the, the Indians have 11 players that I feel like, now that they've added Sandlin to the 40-man, they have 10 players who I feel like they need to add. They have a, a huge crunch coming up. So if you're the Indians and you're the Cubs and you're going to lose a bunch of talent as the Cubs and you're the Indians and you have to trade prospects or you are going to lose prospects for nothing, uh, it makes a lot of sense for a Bryant, for a Rizzo, if these guys aren't going to stay to do a rental, the, especially if the Cubs are willing to eat a little bit of salary. Look what Bryant's doing right now. He's In the past week, he's played left field, right field, and center field. Uh, the Indians have a huge need in the outfield. They have a huge need at first base. If the Cubs are willing to eat a little bit more, the Indians can send more prospects. And like I said, there's so many. If you went to the you know, in some of the there are guys I talked about, like you have to watch who are playing very well in the early going, but just right now from the Indians top prospect list, it's like Valera, Ricoio, Freeman, Bracho all have to be added. And that's just from like Fangraph's top 10. There's even more beyond that. I think it sets up in a world where the Indians have to make a trade or they're going to get nothing. And this is an organization that maximizes value. The thought of losing a prospect for nothing, start having Anthony Santander flashbacks, you know, behoove them to make a trade. And the Cubs are going to be in a situation where they can afford to add guy. It's very uh, reminiscent of the Padres a year ago where the Padres that trade with Cleveland, three of the players were 40 man additions. Uh, and then the other three players would have to be added the year after that, which is part of the reason why they need to have the crunch, but the trade they made for Trevor Rosenthal, both of those players were guys who needed to be added to the 40 man. I believe all the prospects who went over in the NOLA trade also had to be added to the 40 man. So they were taking care of that. The Indians have to do a similar thing. And I think that's where the Cubs make a ton of sense. Because again, I don't think their prices can be that high because they're not getting a first round pick anymore. I believe the best they would get is a third rounder. And that limits, basically it just comes down to who else would bid. And if they get into a bidding war, I think they would back out. But if the price is relatively low and the Cubs are willing to eat a little more salary because money is going to matter, uh, a trade absolutely could and probably should happen if we're being honest with the, if this team can stick around with that bullpen and this front office having the, basically the motto and credo of all you have to do is get in. Once you're in the playoffs, everybody has a chance uh, adding a Chris Bryant. And that would also do a lot to, to make a fan base, not feel as bad. Like this is a fan base that just, yeah, they would lose him in free agency, but it, with all the losses over the past few years, it just gut punch after gut punch, adding a big bat, 
at the deadline would be a, something PR wise they could win. Yeah. Well, that'd be a surefire bet that the fans would love that. And if you're going to make any bets, go to bet online, bet the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Cleveland Indians are in full swing. They want to win the AL Central by any means necessary. And you can track all the action on Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the Stanley Cup Finals, UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs and the Indians look to end this drought. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is your online sportsbook expert. Promo code locked on. You said eat a couple of times. I don't want to eat a prospect. And I got to tell you, that's the wrong thing to eat. Don't eat prospects. Eat built bars. Because built bars are the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite one? Now, I really liked the uh, when we got the samplers. I liked their puff. Like I liked that churro mm. puff. That was one I liked. And all the yeah. coconuts. I, I was coconut. a big fan of the coconut brownie and the churro puff were my two favorites. What oh, I cool. not step on your toes here, but I think what I love about built bar was seeing us having our debates and you talking about how much uh, I believe raspberry got dropped. Oh, yeah. And what yeah. I love about built bar is. Raspberry is my least favorite, but it's your favorite. And that says a lot about how good it is to me that like the one I like the least is something that is the one you like the most. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that tangy raspberry with the chocolate and they're all covered in chocolate and they're good for you. They're healthy. You got raspberries, got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carb. It's fantastic. There's something for everybody. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Cool. Now, let's talk a little something. By the way, we're recording this, and the Indians and Angels are currently tied in that game going on in Anaheim. Those of you listening to the podcast right now knows exactly what will happen, but we don't have that sort of knowledge. By the way, the White Sox and the Twins are in a real nail-biter if it was a football game. It's uh, 14-3, to uh, Bears over the Vikings. And look, it. We, we mentioned this before, and you alluded to it as we were going to the break. The people listen to my podcast are going to be sick of me mentioning this year, but I keep thinking of 2007 in the national league where the entire national league was so bunched together that a couple of games with a difference between having home field advantage throughout the playoffs, not participating in the playoffs at all. And you saw the Rockies get hot at the right time and get all the way to the world series. You have the diamondbacks had, home field advantage in the national championship series with a negative run differential. I look at this American league as similar because that year there was no really great team, but there's also no really terrible team. They were all bunched in and the pennant winner was who got hot. And I think that same exact thing is going to happen this year in the American league. There is no dominant team. 
you have the Red Sox, the White Sox, and the A's are all in first place as we're recording this. And all of those teams have gigantic question marks. So I think if there's ever a year where there is a absolute, well, a a winnable American League pennant that would not require any team to pull off a major upset, it's this one. And it's one reason why if you're an Indians fan and you see an opportunity to shore up the lineup by, you know, taking advantage of a Cubs franchise that for some reason wants to rebuild, by all means, take advantage of them. Oh, and you know, I agree with you. It's when you look at just what's going on in this division in general, at some point we assume the twins are going to get better. Like they can't stay this bad, but they put themselves in such a hole. It's going to be hard for them to get back in that wild card, like to play the level of baseball they'd have to play to get there is going to be incredibly difficult. So you're, you're really looking at like, and I know Seattle just took three out of four from Cleveland, but that got them over 500 Uh, at the same time. You know, it's like Houston, Oakland, Cleveland, San Diego. I'm a, I'm a big Rays fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the way I've always been. The Yankees have played better. I mean, that whole, the thing with the AL East is they were going to beat the absolute snot out of each other. So if you're the Indians, Right now, I mean, the Tigers are always going to be easy. <laughs> it's the way yeah. it sure seems. And then the Royals, I, they have faded massively, which, I mean, we all knew they were going to. They were not that good. I uh, thought they were, I thought they were going to hover around 500. I thought they were going to be a fringe wildcard team. That's what I said at the beginning of the year, because I felt that because I had that feeling of the American League going into this year that I thought because they added a few veterans, I thought, do you want, I bet they'll play, I bet I thought they were going to win 83 to 84 games. That's what I thought. See, that's but, for me, I just, I don't know. I guess I was just looking at their last few years, historical records. And I didn't think that, like, I thought like me, I guess, well, it's not like I'm that far off. I'm like high seventies was my, my view on them. <laughs> it's not like that that's that big of a difference. Uh, but yeah, no, I just thought that it would be, I mean, I thought the twins would be in it in my picks when we did it. Uh, I picked Tampa, Oakland and Chicago. And then I said, wild card you know put toronto new york uh mm-hmm. cleveland minnesota and houston in a, a basket and pull out two tiles like that's just yeah. the way i predicted it um and yeah i mean if they're contending and the weird thing about this team is like they don't have any free agents they don't have anyone this is their window i mean yes next i would say by the middle of next season they're probably looking to trade jose ramirez and honestly, the middle of next season, if they trade Jose, they could be looking to move Shane Bieber because if he, they don't get a contract extension, which I don't think they will, uh, he's going to turn into very quickly like one of the most, maybe the most expensive uh, pitcher in the history of arbitration. So it doesn't matter that they have, you know, three more years of control. If he is making over 20 million in a season that they just, they can't afford that. There's no way that can happen. So uh, he's essentially down to like two years left in Cleveland max too, because he's just going to get priced out. Uh, it's a sad truth of it. So it makes sense in some regard. And again, you know, if you're someone who listens to my show and you're tired of the rule five talk, that's, that's just the whole year. Like they have, they have to make trades. They have to make smart trades, but this it's a year, you know, if the Mets, I just saw our locked on Mets person talking about trading for Brian, even if it's not like to the Cubs for Brian, there is going to be other players. There's going to be other rentals. There's going to be you know, the Diamondbacks are a team with some interesting pieces that uh, have struggled this year. And uh, you, you know, I, I would, I haven't looked to see if uh, Eduardo, how he is playing uh, two years ago, he was someone I wanted as a, a possible target. Um, 
But yeah, I'm just pulling him up now, kind of seeing what how I mean, Eduardo Escobar is playing well, and you could find a spot for him. Uh, there's potentially like David Peralta is playing very well. And, you know, 33 years of age, how much time is really going to be left with uh, him in Arizona? It, things like that. There's going to be parts and pieces. There's going to be smart moves to make. And I think, again, they have really max a two-year window with this current core. And at the end of that core, I really feel that, yes, you keep hoping new players are going to step in, but unlike for as good as the pitching has been, this is not like when they traded away Kluber and still had, you know, they traded Bauer and still had Kluber and Carrasco and Clevenger mm-hmm. and Bieber. Uh, Please has been good, but he's been inconsistent. Savali's more of a mid to back end arm that the time of them having four to five high end pitchers is, is done. So this window is really, it's getting tighter uh, as it were. And I think it makes sense to be the team now to, to use, I mean, they've, some places, I think it was Keith Law had him like a number two, number three minor league system. Like use some of that depth. They don't have the blue chip guys. They're not, you know, one of the big things that I thought was one of the worst uh, false, you know, clickbaity narratives is, you know, they traded Kluber and Bauer and uh, Clevenger and Lindor and Carrasco and didn't get a single top 100 prospect, ignoring the fact that they got a lot of guys who no longer qualified as prospects in those deals. But they've never been a team that is really, they don't draft high. They don't put all their money in one back basket internationally. So they don't always have a ton of like high, high end name prospects, but it is that depth we talked about. And using that depth, uh, I think just makes too much sense to not do that. Well, I, I would love to see the Indians win it all. I rooted for them in 2016 because I just felt that would have been amazing to see Francona win with two different, uh, two different storied franchises, but we'll see, but Hey, look at man. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, it's still tied in Anaheim. So we'll see what's going to happen tonight. Uh, tell people where they can follow you. You know, my, my big thing is, uh, over on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft. I am slowly getting out my draft coverage. It's a little bit slower. Uh, I used to write at scout and 24 seven as their draft guy. You know, you can find that stuff over at the MLB draft I'm just doing the old school blogging for the time being when I have time uh, in between the podcast and the teaching. So still very much into the drafts. And uh, I was going to say, Sully, I know your whole thing with the Padres is over with the the no hitter. I think you should pick up Cleveland Fort now because I'm going to turn 40 this summer and there's not been a no hitter in Cleveland in my lifetime. So now might be, you need a new team to start projecting a new hitter, no hitter every day might be Cleveland, you know, just to throw that idea out there to you on the show, because I'm telling you, last one happened in May. I have, I'm a July birthday, so yep. it's been over 40 years now since Cleveland had a no-hitter. If you're looking for a, a replacement team to... Uh, All right, we'll have to, to see catch. what the baseball gods have to say about that. I have to have a premonition. <laughs> I, I mean, those, those, are, those, are, those are images that come to my head. But uh, you could follow us at, on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, doing an Indians MLB Locked On crossover with Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On MLB and Locked On Indians, for that matter, for the 18th day of May, 2021. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.